Hello and welcome back to Scarves Around the Funnel, the podcast dedicated to Heart of Midlothian, the club under new management, but still with plenty of work to do. I am Laurie Dunsire, joined for this uh, penultimate Christmas podcast. I was about to call it the Christmas podcast, but we're going to squeeze another one in before the festivities begin, Mark Donaldson. Yeah, two games to talk about, both under new management, St Johnston and, and Celtic. Uh, both defeats, but more hope from one, the heavier defeat, than the other. Is that fair? Yes. So defeats, but contrasting defeats in many ways, despite uh, the the points return and goals return indeed being the same. Uh, so yes, we will talk about St Johnston against Hearts, which was Daniel Stendel's first game in charge. And then, of course, Hearts against Celtic, which took place last night at the time of recording. Both games at Tynecastle. So we'll cover the two matches. We've got a few things to get through uh, on this week's show. Um, we're also going to talk about your sort of predictions, your Mystic Meg moment, looking ahead. Where will Hearts be in, in about a year's time I'm looking for that. So we've got a few responses to go through. We uh, also asked um, if you, uh, in the theme of all you want for Christmas, uh, what would your one position be at Hearts that you would have filled in the January window? Or if you have a specific player, who would it be if you could get one for Christmas and slot them into that Hearts team? And um, we also, there was something else, was there? No, that was it. There's so much going on that I can't keep up with it. Uh, so yeah, we'll get stuck in very shortly. So first up, Daniel Stendel, first game in charge of Hearts. He'd only had a few days with the team, uh, but we mentioned on the last show it was an ideal first game in charge, or at least that's what we thought, playing uh, St. Johnston, who were joint bottom with Hearts, and Hamilton Ackies, a side who hadn't won away from home in the Premiership in almost a year. They hadn't won away from home in the Premiership in 2019. Hearts had beaten them five times in a row at Tynecastle. So what other fixture could you possibly wish for? Um, Didn't pan out in the way we'd hoped. Uh, Looking at the team, Daniel Stendhal made four changes to his side. That was the one that lost to Motherwell 1-0 the week prior under Austin McPhee. So he dropped uh, Joel Pereira, Jamie Brandon and Rio Mechino and Jake Mulraney was suspended and the German brought in Bobby Zlamal, Oli Bazanich, Aidan Kina and Aaron Hickey who returned from injury. So it was a 4-4-2 for this first game. Bobby Zlamal goals, uh, Michael Smith right back, Hickey left, Halkett better middle, Claire right, Walker left, Whelan and Bazanich in the middle of midfield, and up front, Steve McLean alongside Aidan Kina. Um, started with, I'll say, a decent tempo in maybe the opening 10 to 15 minutes. You were maybe encouraged that this was going to be a, a turning point. The Hearts fans had got right behind the new manager and the team when they came out and when the game kicked off. But there was a moment, I think it was around a quarter of an hour in, when Bobby Slamal came rushing out his line very erratically. Um, it ended up with Saints having a golden opportunity, in on goal. Uh, Hickey had to save Hearts off the line, and 
from that point on, the fans got a bit nervous and a bit frustrated, and it looked like the confidence drained. And to be honest, they really reverted back to type, Mark, and it, it was kind of a similar story. I mean, Daniel Stendhal was on the sideline. He looked animated and frustrated and angry at his team at times, trying to get them to press and push up the field, but they just couldn't really seem to break out of this slow, monotonous, low-confidence, low-tempo, um, all-round very poor performance. And it was it was really just like what we've seen for the last few months. Yeah. I'm just looking at a Julie Andrews song from 1951. Okay. I've, that's, that's an interesting one already, tangent-wise. No, no, not really a, a tangent. It's from the Rodgers and Hammerstein musical, The King and I. And the lyrics go as follows. Getting to know you, getting to know all about you, getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Daniel Stendhal, these are the Hearts players, Hearts players, this is Daniel Stendhal. Your first game against St. Johnston could be the best fixture that you could have had. I said it was last week. It's not a, a, a fixture I would rather have had than, than St. Johnston at home. It turned into the worst fixture that, that we could have had. Um, he's getting to know them. They're getting to know him. And I'm not sure how much we can read into to, to this one because he's come in and he's had uh, not long with with the players. He's probably had to take four advice days. from Andy. So yeah, yeah and he's probably game. had to take advice from Andy Kirk as to who he should maybe be playing. And I think we will learn more about him and about the Hearts players in every game we play. So we'll know more about them after game three against Hamilton than we knew against Celtic, than we knew against St. Johnston. So what could have been the best possible fixture uh, turned into, unfortunately... The worst possible fixture. So you said to me um, on the podcast last week, I wonder if this might be a game for someone like an Aidan Kina. And it was, but it wasn't, was it? Yeah, they, they didn't play well. Um, a lot of very, very poor touches. Um, and to be fair, many didn't play well. I would just say especially in the, the midfield and the attack, maybe the front five or six midfield especially was a big issue Claire Whelan Bazanich Walker just not involved enough I mean we praised Glenn Whelan a lot when he first came in um, he's looked either not interested or off the pace uh, in recent weeks I would suggest well there's an interesting there's, sorry Laurie there's an interesting suggestion that I heard I'm not going to say who, who I got it from but there's a suggestion that with Ireland kind of struggling and, and him maybe moving to Hearts to, yeah. to try and keep his international spot uh, and, and get regular game time. Look, they, they've got a, they've got a, a playoff semi-final in, in March. Um, who's paying that much attention to him right now from the Irish camp? He, he pretty much knows if he's fit and available, he'll, he'll be in there. Is there enough motivation for, for Glenn Whelan right now? He's obviously a very good player, but he's an experienced player, and I I don't know, if, <laughs> I don't know if he's got part of this. Oh Christ, what have I let myself in for now? Maybe, maybe. And what I would say about him, Laurie, there's 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 two types of players um, who who play in MLS, foreigners who come over here. Those that buy into it, and those that don't. 
those that buy into it are a success. Um, some of them move on to bigger and better things. Others just really enjoy themselves. Glenn Whelan's not going to be moving on. I mean, th- this is probably it for him. He, I wouldn't be surprised if he retired at the end of the season. Um, if he wanted to play one more year, he might go back to Ireland or whatever, but he'll not be at Hearts next season. So just the whole incentivized um, aspect for it, for, for Glenn Whelan. The other thing is, with his experience, and this this isn't a pick on him. It's just we're going through certain players, and we got to him. With his experience, um, there, there's two ways he could go now. There's, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give everything I've got till the end of the season under new management now. You never know. He, he might click with the manager. He might buy into what the manager's uh, wanting him to do. But there's been various articles about which players will benefit from, um, from Stendhal's style. At the age he's at, with legs required to press, to high press, to get around, if I'm coming to the end of my career, is that the type of football I want to play? So, I don't know. That that's an interesting one going forward. If he's going, if he's going to be um, in there when when I say when everyone's fit, how long have we been saying that for? I, I'd want him for his experience because he's a good player, but he needs good application. And Daniel Stendel has come out and questioned the um, maybe the fact that he. I think he, the word he used was responsibility that he. He felt that Glenn Whelan and Christoph Berra, as two experienced pros, should be taking more responsibility on the pitch. I think was the way he, with the way he, yeah. way he phrased it. So remember has... we spoke about remember we spoke about on-field lieutenants. Yeah, yeah. He, he should he should be one, and he should be one that the coach can rely on. And if he's already come out in public with that quote, it's maybe designed to give him a kick up the backside. I don't know, but that's interesting. He's he's already isolated and identified mm. that. I mean, he's not he's not held back, Daniel Stendel, about the team. You know, it's nope. in the, it's in the press that he's made it clear, and I think Anne Budge had said that as well at the AGM that he's made it clear he needs to strengthen that he he feels that the squad is lacking. Um, there was a moment in one of the press conferences that someone said to him, um, "I were you surprised at the quality of the Heart squad?" And he kind of pulled hmm. the face and went. In a good way, um, <laughs> so he's, he's he's very you know he's an interesting character, yeah, and he is a character, and he and he's he's very upfront, and he said it after the St Johnston game that he's got a lot more work than he expected, and I think that's what I think that's what we all have to accept. I I kind of I didn't put any blame on Daniel Stendel for for that result. He had a few days, um, you know, we hoped there might be a new manager bounce. Um, but it didn't happen, and it just highlighted the fact that you know we're in a battle, and there is a lot more work to be done. And he's not held back with, I guess, criticising the players. So it's interesting to see what the reaction is. Um, it was interesting mm. as well. Um, one of the things, and a few, there was a few kind of headlines blowing it out of proportion a bit when he said, you know, Stendhal is he having a go at the fans? And it, he wasn't really having a go. I, I completely understand his point. What he was really saying, again, I'm paraphrasing, I don't have the interview in front of me, um, basically said that the the ne- I guess the negativity from the fans, although it's understandable, is now completely counterproductive to what he's trying to do. Um, and it, you know, no matter how people feel about what's gone before, he's in he's in now. He's trying to get more out of the players. He's trying to build their confidence. Um, getting on their backs is not helping the situation. And I think someone said to me, I'm I'm across the other side of the stadium, so I don't get a real good close view of what's going on in the dugout. But someone said when Sean Clare got taken off and got cheered 
for being subbed. He wasn't. He, his reaction suggested he wasn't too happy with that from the stands. The fact that they were, I guess, jeering one of their own players, um, one who's clearly, obviously, very lacking in confidence. And, and yeah, I, and I get it now. I mean, what I would say is, you know, I've been in the stands, and I know. Do, do the players deserve to get stick? Of course they do. They've been they've been poor for a long time. It's not like it's one off game or two, three off games. It's it's been a year of mediocrity. However, we've now got the new boss in charge, so we got what we wanted. Craig Levine got removed, new managers in place. We know he's only got this to work with. So, you know, I would say pretty much everyone who's available in the squad has had at least some chance, and and I, I wouldn't say anyone's particularly taken that chance you know everyone's had poor moments so he's got to put someone out there and at this point i just feel like we want to have a little bit more patience and a bit more let's just get behind them because we're in a dogfight the players are under pressure and jimmy said this before in fact being someone who's been on the pitch he said it would affect his game he didn't understand it when he's having a bad game his confidence would go and hearts fans would start giving him stick and he said a couple of times he went to somebody he's like you're not helping me here. You're making it worse for me because I'm I'm clearly struggling, and you telling me that I'm shite and shouting and booing me is making me struggle more. And your this team's is, then going to do worse. <laughs> He's got a point, but but th- this is interesting for me. And the fact that you you've mentioned that, and you're perfectly right to 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 bring that up. I think that was a that was a minority. I don't think that. I know. That was a minority. I, I listened to it. it. It wasn't uh, everyone off their seat no. in unison. No, it, but... it was a minority. And the, re- the reason I, I want to bring up the fact that it was a minority, I wanted to use time today on this podcast to praise the Hearts fans for the for what they have done, uh, those who've been in attendance at Tynecastle for the first couple of games. And listening to Vox Pops uh, on Radio Scotland from, from the supporters uh, prior to the AGM, um, prior to the Celtic game and before that, ahead of the St. Johnston game, it, I just get this feeling, and I'm part of them as well. We're all desperate, desperate for for the tide to turn of course, and us of to course. do well. And, and and there's a new broom that's come in. And I think on the whole, um, the start of the St. Johnston game, the start of the Celtic game, there has been a noise level at Tynecastle that we haven't heard for a while, understandably so. Because mm-hmm. we've been yeah. mired in in shite, um, having to watch that. So I think the majority of the fans have done their bit um, in in to try and, and get behind the team, but that only lasts so long. And I'm I'm glad it. This sounds maybe a little bit daft. Well, what's new for some of the stuff I say? But I'm I'm glad they went the way they went as far as the order that St Johnston then Celtic because. If I had been the Celtic game first and, it, and we produced that performance and I know Neil Lennon said they could have won by more and they could have done. We, we were toothless in attack, but there was more of a fight in the second game. If we had the Celtic game first, then gone to that performance against St. Johnston, I would have said the alarm bells were, were, were ringing. Wait a minute, how can they do that and then do that? I think we've seen progress and I think the Hearts fans, the majority of them, can see there is progress. This isn't something that's going to happen overnight. This isn't something where we're looking at teams in the middle of the, the table, where we're looking at Aberdeen in third, Motherwell in fourth, Kilmarnock in fifth, Hibs in sixth. This is, well, we can look at Hibs in sixth because we've got the derby coming up. But more important to us is, is Hamilton on, on, on Saturday. And, and we, we can't get away from the fact that Daniel Stendel is 
someone who has, has come in and there's an element of the self-preservation about what he said. And I would have done exactly the same. If, it wouldn't have been a surprise what he's seen against St. Johnston. Um, and then subsequent comments to Anne Budge and, and whoever about the squad not being, um, whether it was good enough or, or whatever. He's watched games before he came in. He would have seen things and he thought, mm, OK, he's maybe tried to change things. He will be able to change some things, but it will take time. The problem in football, Laurie, is that fans, being human beings who are not patient, want to see things happening immediately. Thankfully, the majority of the Hearts fans so far have been excellent as far as the support of their team is concerned. But there's going to come a time where they're going to have to see something that makes them get behind that team. You make some good points there. So I thought it kind of ties in with moving on to the, the Celtic game because you know the other side of the argument is, and I get this, the fans want to see, at the very least, work rate, determination, passion, fight, belief, and effort. Um, and we didn't see enough of that against St. Johnson. Some players, uh, yes, I thought Aaron Hickey had quite a decent game and a couple of others actually tried, but not everyone even looked like their application was was even there, that they were even fighting enough for the team, which isn't really acceptable. So, you know, the, the counter to what I was mentioning before is... You know, of course, fans are going to be frustrated with that, and I get that. I've been there. Um, I am there. It's just I've got to keep talking and try and <laughs> try and commentate without showing my frustration too much. Um, so we went into the Celtic game with, uh, unlike the St Johnson game, pretty much zero expectation. We were playing obviously the team top of the table, just won the Betfred Cup, treble winners last season, sweeping everything before them aside in Scotland. Um, and yeah, very little in the way of um, hopes for this one or positivity. Stendhal made five changes from the Saints' defeat. Uh, we seem to have this keeper rotation on the go at the moment, so he drops Lamal for Pereira. Um, Claire, Whelan, Walker, Kina also out of the team, and in came as well as Pereira Mulraney back from suspension. Craig Whiten for just his third appearance of the season. Demure and Jamie Brandon. So. A lot of debate, first of all, before the game about formations. A few people thought it might be a three, but the, the consensus in the end was that Daniel Stendhal does not generally play with a back three, so he would probably move Smith into midfield, and that's what he did. So it looked like a 4-2-3-1 to begin with, really, with Pereira and goals. Brandon right, Hickey left, Halkett better in the middle, Smith and Demure sitting. Mulraney and White in flanking, Bazanic in a bit more of an advanced role, and then McLean up front. Um... And it started, it's it's funny, Mark, because it was um, one day past the two-year anniversary of the 4-0 win we had against Celtic at Tynecastle. Um, and it started in a very similar manner, the game. Um, Hearts with a really good tempo, a lot of des- desire, a really good high press, and they just kept forcing errors from Celtic, kept getting the ball forward. Um, and it was like that for big parts of the game. Uh, Celtic... Of course, they got their goal, and we 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 mentioned the commentary a couple of times. If they get a chance, they can very well take it. And lovely move, to be fair, a good finish by Christie, and that was a sucker punch. Celtic controlled the middle part of the game, I thought, from that point until midway through the second half. But Hart showed some fight again towards the end, which was encouraging. But 
it's that high press forcing errors and getting in about them and actually showing a bit of fight. And you saw the fans react to that positively, despite the defeat. And I think that's all you can ask. We're obviously lacking quality, especially in the final third. So I don't know if we could have got much more out of that game, to be honest, than just a bit of hope. I thought at times it was like an under 10s team taking on an under 13s or 14s. <laughs> and I don't, I, let, let me explain that. I don't mean there's a huge gulf in, in, in quality, although there was, there was a, a, a decent amount. I mean, they're, they're a good side and they weren't at their best and they could easily have won out the park. Yeah. But I just, I just, I got that impression of, of kind of, and I want to, I want to get on to Loic um, Demore's comments about Scott Brown in a second. I've just read them. And I, <laughs> I, found, I found them rather funny. But I just, I get the impression that when you get close enough to it, it's like, can I, can I play with you? Can I play with you? Okay then. And then they just toy with you and, and you, you do your best. You, you try your hardest because you're playing with the bigger boys. But ultimately, you're, you're just not at that level. And they, they can, they can pass around you and they can play through you and they yeah. can do pretty much what they want. So, so that, that's the kind of analogy. But that we, we are where we are right now. We will not be judged on games against Celtic. Anything we got from last night was a bonus. I thought Michael Smith's performance uh, as a leader of the team and, and someone that was uh, energetic, I thought that epitomised what Daniel Stendhal wants to do. Yeah. Now, this, this pressing. So, it'll work eventually... And I'm not sure it'll work with the players that we have right now. I think it'll work with some of them, no mm-hmm. one in particular, but there are others that are, are clearly uncomfortable with it. To to do high press, you've got to have players that are comfortable in the ball. You've got to have good passers of the ball. You've got to have players who are under pressure to get rid of the ball quickly. This this is going to take patience on both sides. It's going to take patience from Daniel Stendel, and it's it's going to take patience from for, from the players because some will adapt. And from, from what I've heard, it's been the younger ones that have been all ears and like, oh, yeah, this is something new, something different. Yeah. He can help us improve. And it might be the older ones that might take that little bit of time. But is, is, that, not, is that not human nature? You try yeah. and get your mum yeah. or dad to, to change their opinion about something, and it's, it's going to be difficult. So, Teaching an old dog new tricks. Yes, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. So I just saw certain things when, when they tried to press and they won the ball back, then – they were pressed themselves, and we made silly errors. We had silly passes that went straight out or didn't go to yeah. intent. To be fair, it was, or, or whatever. It was an error-strewn match, actually, I thought, on both it, sides. It, it was. Celtic it, it had was. those flashes of real quality because they have it. I mean, the two goals, you can you can assess them from a Hearts perspective in some negative um, regards, but they were very good goals, I thought, the way that they just sliced us open and took them. They're range. clinical, Lloyd. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're clinical. Yeah. I mean, that, look at some of the results they've had in Europe. Lazio right now are absolutely flying in Italy. Celtic went there, defended like they had to, and won the game. Streetwise, mm-hmm. smart. And I, I, I don't know what, what your thought is about Scott Brown. Um, he's, he's, he's like a Stephen Naismith as far he's a, as... He's a pantomime villain. Of course uh, which he is. is of, which of is the role that Naismith takes yeah, for us. And yeah, he, you, you, you want him in your, us, yeah. your team. And if he's not in your team, then you, you hate playing against him. Which brings me to the Loic, the more... Comment. He basically said he was knackered at the end because that was his first 90 minutes since January. Um, and bear in mind, this is December. So he, he might be a player, and people talk about, oh, the, the, the guy with the four-year deal. Look, it wasn't his fault that he was given a four-year deal. Everyone would have signed that if offered. But it's up to him. He's got a choice. 
he's got four years worth of money, or or he can buy into this and 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 try and get himself a move to a better club. It's probably his best game what... for Hearts, I thought. Last night. Yeah, I mean, he gave it away once or twice, but he, that was near the end, and and he was knacker. <laughs> he said to the Evening News, "I enjoyed the battle, especially with Brown. I think his name is." Apparently, he's the king of the league because he can do whatever he wants on the pitch and the referee never says anything. He's the referee on the field and that is seemingly normal here. I was very frustrated about that. So I wanted to let him know that we actually have a referee on the pitch and it's not him. He plays his game, but he also plays like the referee. So it's like we have no referee on the pitch. I'm starting to learn this league now and I can see that when we play Celtic, okay, Brown is the referee. Brown's annoying in the... He's getting older, but he's 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 got so much influence. He's still a he's still a bloody good player. He's it's a nouser, isn't he? He's, he's, oh, he just winds up. And 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 do you know what? There was um, I don't know how we heard it, but I, I was I was watching um your commentary um yesterday on on Hearts TV, and it picked up something brown. He must have been near a pitch side microphone or or whatever, and he he started to. It was a kind of that dismissive under 14 to an under 10. Uh, okay, on, on your bike, son. On, on your, and he was he was giggling away at, at, at someone. And it might have been Demur. I think it was Demur. But he's just he's the he's the big brother that you just you you're so frustrated. Your little brother, he's big brother, and you're like piss off. But he's always he's always got you at arm's length. And it's a shame we don't have him for for Scotland anymore. Um, I think it's probably the right thing because that's that's the strongest area of our team. But it, there's a grudging admiration that I have for for that annoying little so-and-so in the middle of the park because he knows how to wind players up and a lot of the more inexperienced ones take the bait. But what I would give right now to have a Scott Brown type um, <laughs> in the middle of the park for, for, for hearts. You mentioned Michael Smith, which um, I think was correct. A lot of energy midfield, played some nice passes. Uh, I said, I said to someone before before the game actually when we saw Michael Smith and thought he was in midfield, it's like we could do with Michael Smith at right back, centre back, and central midfield, but we've only got one, unfortunately. Um, what was mo- your take? What was your take when he put Claire to well, right back and kept Smith in there? Well, it's one of the things I was about to mention was Sean Claire. I, I was surprised that he did that at the time. Um, I thought I assumed. When Clare had to replace Brandon, who of course unfortunately went off injured, I assumed he would just revert Smith back to right back. But he put Clare there. Um, I would guess that he largely did that to keep Michael Smith in midfield rather than to put Clare at right back, if that makes sense. 100%. Inter- you know, okay. We had an absolute one of the most, <laughs> the most hospital of hospital passes I've ever seen from Sean Clare in the second half, which um, we got away with. And the linesman, very comically, I don't know if you saw that, flagged for offside when it came through. Oh, he had a nightmare. Had a nightmare. Um, but anyway, apart from that, I thought Sean Clare did pretty well. Um, he dug in quite a lot. He actually got forward reasonably well. Um, you, know, he, you know, Michael Smith likes to do that, but maybe doesn't have the same, I guess, the same skill set that Clare does, if Clare's on his game in terms of maybe the technical ability to, to cut in and, and attack the box. So I I thought he did all right, actually. And yeah. and the main thing, he didn't shirt, he didn't hide. He, he got in amongst things, he got into challenges, he wanted the ball, um, which is a start, because I think the big thing for Sean Clare, the big thing for Daniel Sendel is to get 
some confidence back in him and, 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 and get him, I guess, putting in a proper shift out there. I think Sean Clare is the type of player that could relish Daniel Stendhal's tactics mm-hmm. and the pressing. I, I, and I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, no, no complaints whatsoever about Clare. Um, I want to go back to your comment about the substitution of Clare for Brandon. And it was done because he, he wanted Michael Smith in there. That, for me, tells a bigger story. Because who came on for Bozanich at half time? Can you remember? Uh, Bozanich at half time was. <laughs> <laughs> it's only 24 hours ago, don't worry. It was Glenn Whelan. Glenn Whelan, that's it. Okay. I, I, so I didn't. I, I knew that, whatever. You, you only commentated on it. Um, <laughs> so you, you, you can edit out 3.4 seconds of that pause. And, it's and... fine. It's fine. Yeah, I'll leave it's fine. It in. Um, but the point being, with Claire coming on, you're spot on about Michael Smith. He's got the option to bring on Whelan for Brandon and move Smith back mm-hmm. and have a similar type player in the middle of the park and have a right back who's comfortable at right back, Michael Smith. So he's trying things. He obviously thinks that in the absence of Haring right now, and it's interesting he chose Michael Smith, and I think I think he was vindicated by that because that kid's got an unbelievable engine on him. He needs to be drug tested after every game, Michael Smith, because he's he is is really the the, the linchpin of of Hearts right now. He's 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 fantastic. So what does it tell you? It it, it tells you I don't think he fancies Glenn Whelan in that position because he's playing Michael Smith there. He saw Glenn Whelan against St Johnston. He knows Michael Smith's going to be around longer. Michael Smith's probably a better player than uh, than, than Glenn Whelan um, right now because of the, the ages. So maybe, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where he where he goes with with Sean Clare mm-hmm. as a as a position going forward because he's he's seen him. What so the game against St Johnston he kind of played was he wide left or where where did he play? It was like was it a four? What was that against St. Johnson? I mean, I've got a four, software lineup here. 4-4-2. Four, four, it was wide right, I think, Claire. Yeah, wide, yeah, wide right. So right, he's, he's, I believe he started. Yeah, he's seen him, he's seen him wide right. He's seen him at, at right back. I I want to persevere with, with, with Claire because I know we've had the conversations in the past and the frustration was that there's a player in there, but it, it very rarely we saw him. And then he came out himself and and he said he's been going through one or two things and, and he's got a point to prove and he wants to show show what, what he can do. He He's worth persevering because we've only played two games. I think we've we've got a fair idea. You mentioned it quite rightly earlier of the players that, that Stendhal's now seen. He's, he's seen the majority of them who are available right now. So it's difficult to make your mind up fully about what you've seen. But I, I think... He thinks that Claire can be an asset. The biggest question I would have right now is if and hopefully when he's in my team, where am I playing him? Where can you play Sean Claire? If you think he's going to be a player who can get it really involved, do you want him out on the right? Do you want him at right back? Or do you want him more as a creator? I don't know is the answer. So 
I wouldn't be surprised, Laurie, if we see Sean Clare maybe tried out in another position, maybe another two positions, because I think that Stendhal's probably seen enough of, of Clare to think, yep, okay, I can persevere with this with this guy. And I think we've also seen that Sean Clare is a confidence player. And and when he's when he's playing, when he's when he's enjoying his football, he, he's an asset. Unfortunately, right now we've got a lot of players who struggle with with low confidence, and it's understandable. As you said about Jimmy, he's saying to the fans, "Come on, help me out here." Um, is it a is it a younger player's ethos that they don't struggle as much with with that kind of confidence because it's the kind of the confidence and the cockiness of of youth, um, and there's fewer scars, or is it a case of the older guys are like, oh, yeah, I'm not sure about this. I'd, I'd, I'd certainly persevere with, with Sean Clare going forward. Okay, I thought it would be good to look at some reactions to the the Celtic game. Um, always a Jambo tweeted us saying, energy was better, but it felt a bit frantic. There was a wee spell in the second half when it was more constructive, but still f- never felt we would score. I'm fed up saying that we need a real goal-scoring striker. That's a very good point, actually. Um, for all the endeavour, for for all the effort and all the positive signs, we didn't ever really look like scoring. Um, no. Unless it was you know a, a corner into the box that happened to fall to someone. We didn't look like uh, creating, fashioning a, a chance to then finish from. And, you know, sometimes I feel for Stephen McLean because, you know, if we had him 10 years ago, it might work quite well. But he's 37 now. He's he's not really got the legs and he was never a, a hugely technical proficient player, should we say. He was always a hard working, um, you know, decent, but not much more than that top flight Scottish striker. Uh, Whiten... Ran a lot. Still not really see much uh, to to suggest that he's going to be a a good player for us on a regular basis. We need something else up there. Um, you know, Daniel Stendel said he there's a lot of players he doesn't actually know when they'll be definitely due back. I know Connor Washington when he went out was meant to be three months. I was back in September, so he would have been due back. Um, you know, around now January, but we haven't had any confirmation of when that might be. That's a big concern. Obviously, we could try and solve that in January, but we have three massive games before then. Where where do we find in goals from? <laughs> Sorry, put you on the spot. <laughs> no, no, I mentioned after Daniel Stendhal took over, uh, I wonder if someone like Collie Woodrow, who's a former England under-21 striker who Stendhal had at Barnsley and enjoyed him and, and thought he was a, a right good player, uh, I wonder if he might be on the radar. So I did one or two bits of digging. Um, he's on a basic wage of £10,000 a week at Barnsley. So, okay, <laughs> we'll score that one off the list and we'll look elsewhere. Um, we, we we need a striker. Would, would Washington... By the way, no Uche in the 18. Injured or... <laughs> suspended for Celtic. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I was going This is just before I went on a rant saying, "Oh, okay." He, of course, he was suspended against himself. Yes. Um, don't think he fits Stendhal's game plan. No, I um, agree. He's not. He's not a harrier. He's not a press. He's not a. I mean, he's he's 
you something different if you wanted to, if you were getting desperate or, or whatever. But I like him, but I don't think he, I don't think he fits with, with Stendhal's ethos. Yeah. Um, so what, what else have we got? Washington. Interesting. He does. Yes, definitely. But can, can we keep him fit? So he's, uh, th- this, we need to get him fit for, before yeah, keeping him there. That, that's true. The, we, we've had kind of buzzwords um, since we since episode one of, of Around the Funnel. And one word I, I kind of, I, I tried to keep going back to last season when it was, to be fair, it was 12 months ago, bang on, because it was the turn of the year. We were talking about, okay, just let's be patient. Let's get through to January. The fixtures turn. We'll, we'll be fine. Everything's great. We'll be in the Champions League in no time. Well, the last part never happened. And neither did the we'll be fine part. But the word, the buzzword was patience. And I kept trying to say it in the second half of the season, just patience. And ultimately, we ran out of, of, of patience. Patience is now required again because between now and I'm actually, I'm looking forward to the second half of the season because just it's different. And, and we'll get players back. I'm looking forward to, I think we've seen enough now that when Suter's fit, it's him and Halkett as the two centre-backs. I'll, I'll be amazed. If if Berger gets in ahead of them, I'll, I'll be very surprised. Um, you, plus, you've got the legs. Washington's going to come back. Naismith's going to come back. Again, these are all Stendhal-type players. So the patience aspect, if we can get them all back fit, and if we can keep them fit, and it is a big if, and it'll be interesting now to see how the injury situation develops when everyone gets fit again, um, how many of them then get hurt? And then we can maybe read a little bit more into what happened and why so many players got injured uh, when Craig Levine was there. I thought the irony was that, that, that Craig's now, uh, one of his many tasks is to, <laughs> uh, to, to be involved with the medical department and source various things there. Um, so the, with the patients, with Suter coming back, with Washington coming back, with Naismith coming back, with Haring coming back, you've got things there. You've got a spine of your team. You've got a quartet of players who are all in the mould of Daniel Stendhal's pressing, this Gagan press. You've got leadership in Haring and Naismith, and you've got something in Washington at the end of the pitch that we need desperately. He's not a 20-goal-a-season striker, but he's a link player. He's a goal scorer, hopefully not a, a prolific one, but someone that is, is better than what we have right now. So if we can be patient and we can get that quartet back, I'd like to think that there's, there's better times ahead. But all those mentioned, and I know Naismith's probably the elder statesman of the, of the quartet, I, th- I think this is this is where we're going. I, I think we'll we'll see a phasing out of your Beras, your McLeans, uh, Whiten. I'd, I'd be surprised if he's part of the plans going forward. I think Claire will be Whelan. I don't think he's convinced by him. Um, Meshino again. We've got him till the end of the season. That that's fine. We'll make the most of him. Uh, Michael Smith certainly going to be involved. I think when Suter's back, Laurie. Um, I'd, I'd play Smith at right back. That, that's that's just because you've got that kind of buffer behind you. And if you want to play Claire in front, I think that would work. It depends what he does. If he goes a narrow four or, or whatever he does, I'm, 
I'm just I'm slowly putting jigsaw pieces in place, but it is slow and patience is required. Okay, we had received a few more messages about the Hearts' performance against Celtic, but I'm just aware, looking at the watch, the proverbial watch. So I'm going to move us on, uh, just so we don't keep you all too much as we head for Christmas. I'm sure people are are very busy at this time of year. Um, We asked a couple of other things. Um, One of the items uh, was, where will Hearts be in a year? We put it out there in in a way that we're saying, no, can be really positive you can be ridiculous or you can be realistic so let's see what we got back always a jambo um said unless we get a robo type of striker in january i would guess we'd end up between seventh and tenth in the league very disappointing hopes were high at the start of the season but maybe squad were overrated by many we were celebrating long and extended contracts not long ago um Flitch says, flirting with relegation, big clear out of older and slower players, few new signings with pace and power will help us reach the dizzy heights of ninth, um, or Stendhal doesn't get the support he needs, and we go down to the good old championship where we break our own record for most points. So oh, there you go, looking at the bright side. Um, Graham Taylor says, it's the 17th of December 2020. Hearts Twitter have just released an On This Day three years ago video of Hearts 4-0 win against Celtic. Uh, Just one day removed from a disappointing 1-1 draw away to Queen of the South, which leaves us... (laughs) And they're not coming up, by the way. (laughs) No, leaves leaves us two points outside of the Championship playoff playoffs. (laughs) Kenny Miller scored our goal. He could probably still play a high press now. Um, oh, he's still one of the fittest guys at Kenny. That's a, that's a great one. Kyle1874 just said ninth. That's it. Ninth. <laughs> Pro- probably take ninth right now, to be fair. Um, Adam Corlett says, won't be too bad. The championship was fun last time. This will win games. I mean, my brother-in-law's a West Brom fan. He says, I would rather be winning games every week at the top of the championship than losing games every week at the bottom of the Premier League. <laughs> um, James Govan, a bit more optimistic, says... Hearts is third in the league in the and in the League Cup final. Um, Wait, what he, now? Is this in a, a year's time? A year's time, so it could, oh, be, okay. it could be the start of next season. Head says fourth in the championship. Um, <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Let's have a look. Da, da, da. Mike A. Harrison says Stendhal won't get the backing. Hearts will continue to have poor performances on the pitch, and Stendhal will say, "Stuff this, I'm off." And Budge will put a statement out saying we've looked everywhere for a new coach, and he was <laughs> guess what? he was here all this time, and give Craig Levine the job again. God, could you top imagine? Top trolling, top trolling. Could you imagine? Um, Tomahawk Kid says things will get slightly worse. Celtic, uh, Hebs, Dons, uh, but Sitmin and etc. will all drop points once he gets a real understanding of what crap he has inherited. We'll see big changes in the lineup and players that actually want to be want to graft for him. Bottom six, but no relegation. Um, Ian Cleary says, uh, in a year's time, we'll be moaning about the 130 loyalty points needed for our growth away. Uh, <laughs> where we go... Again, fi- they're not coming up. Nope. <laughs> where we go 15 points clear at the top of the championship. Um, so, a mix of positive and <laughs> maybe some realistic ones. And uh, well, Let's hope not all of those were, were realistic. Where do you think? Where do you think we'll be this time next year, Mark? Can I go forward six months first? Sure. Yeah. Why not? Let's take it smaller steps. Um, I can never be optimistic or confident, but 
I think a, a realistic um, look ahead for Hearts is that games 31, 32, and 33 of the season, of this season, uh, the three games before the split, Mm-hmm. I think Hearts will have an outside chance of getting into the top six, but I think realistically, Hearts will finish seventh after 33 games, and then they'll do all right in the the bottom. So I, th- I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine. I just I think we've left too much to do. Yeah. Um, even with everyone coming back, unless we go on a crazy run, um, there's I, I don't want to be a hypocrite and say oh, I'm looking at teams in third, fourth, fifth, and sixth when I've said, look, the teams that we should be looking at are just around us. I think realistically, if everything goes well, not according to plan, because God knows what the plan is, if everything goes well and we get the quartet that I mentioned back, who I think are key players for Hearts, Gordon Strachan said it afterwards, Hearts will be fine. If everyone gets fit again, they'll they'll be fine. They'll not go down. Um, I, I, I want to believe them. I, I, I do. And... I think if we didn't have a new manager in, um, I would be very worried because um, there, there's a malaise that had set in. I think this will this will be a kick up the backside for all. Some will take it. Some will be like, "Don't fancy this," and they'll be, they'll quickly be uh, be weeded out the ones who who he can't trust or he doesn't fancy, and he'll play the ones that he he can trust and he he does fancy. So. In, in game 30, we'll still have a chance of, of, of getting into the, the, the top six. But I think come April time, we will be two or three points short of finishing in, in, in the top six. And, and right now, if you give that to most Hearts fans, they'd, they'd, they'd probably take it because I think it's asking too much to, to, to get into it. Unless we need two things to happen if we're to be in the top six. We need to go on a really good run, but we also need teams to be beating everyone else. And the teams in there right now, you're, you're certainly forget Motherwell. Top four um, right now are, are they've got too many points. But Kilmarnock and, and, and Hebbs and, and Ross County, that, I'm not saying we should be aiming for that because we should be aiming right now to beat Hamilton. Then we've got to get past St Johnston and St Mirren and Livingston and Ross County. But if we can go on a run, and I'm, I'm as I'm saying this, I'm making the mistake of looking too far ahead. This is best case scenario. Best case scenario would be a top six finish. Realistic would be probably missing out by a few points. Worst case scenario, yikes. Kerry sang it, and we're going to throw it into the podcast. Uh, all I want, all for, I want Chris- for, Christmas. for Christmas is yep. you, yes. And and we, we, we put it out there on Twitter um, to the Hearts fans if they could pick a Christmas present in the shape of a player. So that could be just the position they most want to strengthen, or if they have an idea of a specific player, who would it be? Uh, so let's have a look what we've got. Andy Grant said, I'll be greedy and want two. A goalkeeper is a must and a solid driving midfielder. Uh, Callum gave us a specific player. He said Matt Kennedy of St Johnston would bring some much-needed pace. Um, interesting one. 25-year-old Kennedy signed last year from Cardiff. Um, 
He's got pace, good feet, very direct. Could be ideal. Three goals and a couple of assists this season. Um, I can see the logic behind that. You know, Mulraney is really the only natural wide player, uh, you know, beyond sort of fullback that we've got in that team. And he can be effective at time, despite his kind of, um, some of his limitations. And I would say Matty Kennedy's got maybe a bit more about him. He's got that pace and directness. He seems to have a bit more of a, a final ball, a, 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 an end product as well. Yeah, but Laurie, if we've not got anybody that can put the ball in the back of the net, um, I, and, and look, I, I like Kennedy. He's, he's, he's a decent enough player. But when I was listening to a, a BBC Sports Sound podcast um, from yeah, a couple of weeks ago, it's when Morris Ross was on. It was a Monday night. I think it was the Monday after the League Cup final. That's exactly when it was. Gary Caldwell was on there, Tom English, um, and a few others. Morris Ross came out with an interesting statistic um, that I don't know what the time frame was, but it was to do with the, the Scottish Premiership. About uh, it was eight percent of crosses lead to goals, only eight percent, whereas the percentage went up exponentially if you got to the byline and, and cut it back. Um, but just crosses in from from traditional old fashioned wingers. Mm-hmm. A lot of the teams play one up front, so that that takes the percentage down. But I thought that was interesting, and in that only eight percent of crosses directly lead to goals from wide areas. So your your best bet is to beat your fullback, get forward, and then cut it back, whether it's driven across or whatever. But rather than just a hopeful cross swung in, whereas there's always that kind of traditionalist in you that thinks four four two, John Colhoun, swing it in, Sandy Clark, back of the net, one nil. Football's different, so that that was an interesting statistic. I'm not, a, I'm a commentator. I don't. I've got all the stats that I can. I've prepped plenty for games, but stats should only be used when they're pertinent to the action that that you're commentating on, whether it's radio, TV, or or whatever. Because there is an element among a lot of commentators, the newer breed, who think, well, if I'm preparing all this time, I'm making sure I get every single stat in, regardless. And they're missing a lot of things. So that is one stat which I found interesting. And in that it's not just a case of swing the ball in and you'll have a decent mm-hmm. chance of it, of it ending up in the in the back of the net. Um, but you need you need finishers. So well, Kennedy, well, Kennedy's an interesting one. Brypai04 said, we need a goal scorer, which is what you're saying there, we to do. fit with Daniel's style. We absolutely missed the boat with Lawrence Shankland. Um, I think so. Lawrence Shankland, who's got 21 goals and 22 appearances for club and country this season. Craig Levine, I remember, I think I've, I've told you the story before, we were in either Estonia or, or Malta that you were unable to go. So I was I was deputising for you and I had a conversation with Craig about Farid El Alagui, I think his name was, yeah. who was at Dunfermline at the time and and, and Craig got that one spot on. He said, I don't think he has the quality to, to step up and be a 15-goal, a, a 10-15-goal season strike in the top flight. I think Shanklin was different, and I'm amazed that um, maybe Hearts did. Dundee United are paying him well, but I'd be amazed if they're paying him better than Hearts could have afforded. I, I, would, have, I would have gone for him, without a doubt. Kenny Bells is a good goalkeeper, not only decent, but a good all-round keeper. And Flitch also mentioned a proper goalie. And, and he mentioned Craig Gordon, which quite a few yeah. people posted. Yeah. And there are there's rumours which could be, com- could be coming from nowhere that Hearts will want to make him goalkeeper and goalkeeping coach even in January. Um, I guess the, the challenges with that 
um, and the fact that we have three goalkeepers all contracted. <laughs> if you put them all together, do you get a decent one? <laughs> Pereira's away. I mean, well, I, I don't know what the hell's going on right now. It's, it's like goalkeeper roulette. They put, put the three names in a bag and four up. games running. We've we've alternated keepers. It's, yeah, I mean that's 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 crazy. That's crazy. Craig Gordon. Can something be too obvious? This just fits. It just fits. Um, if he had to come over here, he would. But he's thirty-seven, and. I remember, I mean, I've, I've told you the story before about me inquiring with one or two people over here, um, one of whom was the, the former U.S. national team coach, Bruce Arena, when I was up interviewing him um, when he took over at, at the Revs. I'm not betraying any confidences here. Afterwards, after the interview, I, I said to him, look, uh, is, this, is he someone you'd be interested in? His first question was, what age is he? And it, it it wasn't for him. Craig will be 37 in 12 days' time. Uh, 31st of December, he turns 37. He's, I still think Craig's got three three years left, and he still believes, that's most important, that he's got at least three years left at the top level. As I said, I've not spoken to him um, about this specifically. I don't think it's fair right now to, to do so, um, but it just makes sense. And... Would would I be surprised if Craig Gordon is not the Hearts goalkeeper on the first day of next season? Yes, I would be. I I, I just think this works. He wouldn't have to up sticks. Um, he'd see his two girls. Uh, it 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 just makes sense. This one. He's out of contract in in, in the summer. Um, Celtic are likely to make Fraser Forster's move permanent. Um, I think they've still got Scott Bain. Craig's not going to be the number one there. He would be the number one at Hearts. He'd be welcomed back with open arms. And I think like Brian Clough did in the, the late 70s, you, you, you start and you build your foundation. Um, you build with a strong goalkeeper. And for me, that would be Craig Gordon. And that would be my um, Christmas present. That would be the perfect Christmas present for, for Hearts. That, that you get that, that you get next summer a belated Christmas. Loch Song mentioned a few players. He did include Craig Gordon in there, Jimmy Dunn, Wacky Madow, Kyle Lafferty. He says I'm not greedy. <laughs> he did also mention someone though, um, Kiefer Moore. No, I mentioned Kiefer Moore, who is a Wigan striker, but he played for Daniel Stendel at Barnsley. Um, okay. Scored 19 goals in the League One promotion season, but he's. Five Welsh caps, a couple of goals for his country, and he got a three-year deal at Wigan. Ooh. So I would I guess he's not scored as much this season, but I would guess he would dictate a bit of a fee, which would probably write us off. Jambo Fan TV said, I've always been an admirer of Ashley Hunter at Fleetwood Town. Fast workhorse that knows where the goal is. Too much money for hearts. I'd say I didn't know anything about this player, but looked him up and... I wasn't immediately taken by the fact that he's got one goal in 19 this season for a League One team. Um, so if he does know where the goal is, I, I don't know if he's showing it enough this campaign, but I have uh, got very little knowledge of that particular 24-year-old striker. Um, and another suggestion, interesting suggestions here actually, um, Drew uh, says Johnson Clark Harris from Bristol Rovers. He's a 25-year-old striker. It sounds like a law firm. 
Uh, yes, Johnson Clark Harris. Um, is that a real name? Uh, yes, apparently. Um, that's that's three surnames. Yes, it is. One. It is. So there's, is. there's that means there are two other people on this planet who are going around with two first names each. Let's yeah. let's share this. The, when I'm prime minister, when I take over from Boris, um, that is you're not allowed. You can't just just because you're a modern parent or whatever. You you can't just steal someone's surname and use it as a first name. Come on. <laughs> Johnson, Johnson, Clark, Harris. Yep, ten goals in eighteen oh, games this come season. On, no, you're not having him for the name, though. Okay. Why not just Johnson Harris or Clark Harris? Why do you Aye. need all three? Is he is he a double barrel? Yes. Ah, oh, that's okay. Clark Harris is his surname. Clark hyphen Harris. Anyway, okay. um, another another suggestion out there. Again, not one that I know much about, and you know, a lot of the consensus was. Goalkeeper and striker are two big positions. I certainly think um, a striker is is key at the moment if if we can't get anyone else back fit. So hopefully we'll see some. I mean, I'm almost certain we will see a few players coming in in January. Let's just hope they are players who will add to this team and help Stendhal realise um, his desires for the Heart Squad. Okay, I'm I'm powering through at the moment. We're we're, we're getting towards the end. Um, I thought it would be worthwhile just quickly speaking about Hamilton Aki's away from home this Saturday. The team at home who've got one win in 17 against the team away who've got one win in 13. Has this got a nil-nil draw written all over it, Mark? (sighs) Plastic pitch shooting down the hill to the supermarket. Oh, this is uh this is one oh mid December near Christmas. This is not one for those with uh for the faint of heart. Mm. Oh, this is a battle because they'll be up for this. Is a Brian Rice team, blood guts thunder. Bottom line is, Laurie, do you think that we have the players who would be up for a fight? Because if we don't, we're going bottom of the table. They need to. They need to show what they what they put out on the field and what they put into the Celtic game in the Hamilton game because ultimately like you say we we won't get judged nor certainly not too much on games against Celtic it's the games against Johnston last week which you'll get a harsh judgment on it'll be ga- the game against Hamilton on Saturday that you'll get a, a, a judgment on because yeah they're the team bottom of the table and it was interesting I was looking at the live table during the game and um, I noticed it was like because you know you want to be able to say exactly where hearts go in the table um live if you can and um i noticed if, <laughs> if if celtic had scored another goal hearts would have gone bottom of the table by virtue of the second letter in their name yes. being yes. e um and hamilton having a as the second letter because they both would have scored the same amount of goals conceded the same and be on the same points so we would have been bottom um by alphabetical order of the second letter in our name um but we're not is there, is, is there a thought process of changing our name to aardvark fc and we would always finish above any team alphabetically well unless yeah. it's, it's, unless allberg well, <laughs> allberg would finish above us because they're double a l yeah that's why aberdeen always get at least a brief moment to look at themselves top, top of the, of the table. They're always right? top of the table over the summer. Right at the start of the season. Indeed. Indeed. So, yes. 
It's a big game. I think we just need to. Do you think he'll stick with the same team? If he can, I know Question. we don't know what we don't know what what's happened with Brandon, but um. Well, the fact that he, I, I, I'm not sure if you've got a monitor. Um, I know, I know, it, I know he was on, I know he was on crutches, so I would guess yeah, he's not going to yeah. be available. I was going to say you just you just got a new pair of headphones there, so that's the budget for the next three years. Never mind a monitor <laughs> up the bag of that. Yeah, he he hobbled back, and it would be a surprise. You think we'll see Claire at right back then? I'm intrigued. I don't know is the answer. I, I, I'm intrigued. Um, I don't, I don't see why you would revert to type when you had the opportunity to do so with your first mm-hmm. substitution. I think he, I think he liked Smith in there, but would I play Claire at right back? I, I probably, oh, I don't know. I, I'm intrigued. I don't think it'll be the same team. Um, I think Bozanich's deliveries right now are just. Yeah. Not good. Not good. Whiten played 90 uh, because there were a couple of enforced changes and he made all three subs by 61. Um, I don't think it'll be the same team. What team it'll be, I, I, I don't know. Um, is this a game for Meshino on a plastic pitch in mid-December at Hamilton and facing a rough and tumble opponents? Maybe off the bench... But I, I think this is a battler type game. Um, but who, who do we who do we have? Who Uche, right? Um, is is this his type of game? He's back from suspension. Doesn't quite fit the pressing, but gives us a a presence in attack. I know he doesn't really fit Stendhal's way that he plays, but I think Uche. I think I think your defending starts from the front. I think you set an example. I think you have someone that's that's going to go, even if it means cancelling one of their players out. Um, I, I I probably start Uche. It, however, I believe Naismith might be back for this weekend as well. That was that not the the talk that he wouldn't do Celtic, but he he should be available for Hamilton. I don't know. I think it seems to be very hard to judge at the moment for Stephen Naismith. Well. If he's fit and he's available, he plays. Of course, that, of course. That then maybe changes things. Look, if 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 he plays, do you then play Naismith as well? I mean, I would because I'm I'm not I'm not taken by Whiten from what I've seen in the game so far. Mulroney, maybe McLean. Nah, there's there's your two, maybe three changes. Uche. And Naismith for Whiten and McLean with Claire in for Brandon. And then he can decide where he wants to play them. Three changes. What, what about you? I'll see what happens. Oh. Okay, then. <laughs> I'm, we're playing at the Fountain of Youth Stadium, so maybe... What's it called s- now? The Fountain of Youth oh, Stadium. Oh, piss off. Since so, when? What does that mean? Start of this season. Um, is it like a takeout in Hamilton? Um, Fountain of... The... Oh, this could bring up any sort it, of shit. Uh, I, I honestly can't even remember why it was, but maybe maybe Stephen McLean will feel young again when he drinks from the Fountain of Youth Stadium um, and he will find the legs to, to, help, that, to help that high press. Um, 
but we'll be back next week. You'll have a show. It should be available on Christmas Eve to talk about the uh, Hamilton Ackies Hearts game at the Fountain of Youth Stadium. Um, which uh, Douglas well, Park. I I think I call it New Douglas Park a lot of the time. Anyway, uh, so yeah, we'll be back for that. A, a quick couple of messages. Um, we got on the website to go through. Gary says, has Stendhal been out with the fans on the bevy with a bit of salt and sauce for afters yet? Or do we think he might need to win a couple of matches first? Um, he, he was known for that at Barnsley. I would I would guess he might want to, to get the positivity flowing on the park first. But if if I spot him in, in the diggers or or, or whatever, um, then I'll, I'll, I'll let everyone know if I see him grabbing some salt and sauce. If, if he wants to, you know... Uh, Getting amongst that rich Edinburgh and Hearts culture. Stevie Morris says, uh, your question on where we'll be next year, hopefully Currywursts will replace <laughs> halftime pies. And he also mentioned, Mark, regarding your um, your talk of Jeffrey's first game in charge against Derby, he went to the baseball ground the following week to watch Coventry against Derby with a heart stop on, and the guy at the turnstile said, for fuck's sake, are you guys still here? <laughs> Which, which I quite liked. I got, honestly, I, I wasn't part of it because I, I, I remember though on the the bus on the way back, some of the boys in, in the bus, they'd been, they had, they had a decent <laughs> chase and the baseball ground was surrounded. It's a proper old school English stadium. It was surrounded by tenement houses and very few places to run and hide and some of the boys got a proper chase and they oh, left yeah. an indelible mark <laughs> down there. <laughs> I love that. Um, finally uh, Alan Smith message saying hi Mark and Laurie uh, hopefully next week uh, you can be a bit more upbeat um, hopefully uh, yes we hope to Mark uh, we hope to Alan um, he says great show and uh, you're my first and only podcast I've ever listened to keep it up and have a great Christmas uh, you too Alan and we will be back before Christmas and hopefully we will be more positive and upbeat and you could tune in again and um find out what that's like from us because we've we've not had a whole lot of it up until this point uh, this season anyway can i throw in some homework please you certainly can because our next show is going to be recorded on the monday night um with christmas on the on the wednesday yeah what's what what's what's the worst christmas present that you've had to do with football okay it's kind of uninspiring that now that has come out it's, and I've actually listened to what I've just said. It's, it's going to be difficult because usually what it's going to be a shirt and you'd hope it's a shirt of the team that you like. So uh, right, Let's tweak that. Let's tweak that, but keep it in. Don't edit this out. This is this is showing your workings in an exact. <laughs> okay. That's what this is. Right, let's let's tweak that so it's 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 going to generate not dull as shit answers. Because the the question is is once it came out I was like oh okay that that that's up there with the the Rodney Marsh story oh, <laughs> um so homework to do with Christmas presents or or whatever I I used to get and this is just me going off on a tangent because I started off with a Julie Andrews thing which was actually quite pertinent to what we were talking about getting to know you and all that Christmas 1990 so that would have been 13 and a half and I got this little book. And it was for me to keep score 
Now, they have them over here, like the scorecards for baseball and whatever, but it was a little leather-bound book. And on the left-hand side, um, it had uh, team, your team, then it was op opponent. And you got to kind of write a, a little resume of the, the match when you went back home and, and what you saw, who scored the goals. And there was, like, uh, pages for autographs and whatever. And it was, a, it was fine. It was a nice little thing. So so let's let's talk about Christmas. It doesn't have to be shit ones. Christmas presents that you remember getting to do with football as a youngster. That's not really okay. good either, is it? It's is fine. It? Let's just let's just go with it. We're, yeah. Okay. okay. So football related Christmas presents. Good um, or bad. Good, 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 good bad, or bad, indifferent. You know, tell us. Quirky, quirky. There was some quirky. Subutio teams. Was it? Was it Hearts and Stenhouse Muir? Did Hearts ever get their own strip, or was it always Hearts slash Stenhouse Muir for Subutio? Oh, I don't know. Was I was always... I was a pro action man. Pro? What was that? It was like Subutio, but um, the the ball was smaller, so it was a bit more in really? proportion, and it yeah. and they were magnetized, so the ball stuck to the players, Ooh. and you tapped their head, and the ball would ping, so you could actually pass it around. Um, oh. So. I, I just liked it had a bit more yeah, a, a bit more control. It's a beauty. It was just a bit. Just yeah, it was classic though. If you had your if you had your I fences know, up, then the ball wouldn't go over the or shouldn't go onto the floor. Um, you know, I always wanted Hearts to be like Roma, but they they never were. The, the strip was different. So uh, Mets, that was it. Mets, Hearts, and Stenhouse Muir all had similar Subutio kits. There we go. We're, now we're talking. Now, now that, we're going back. Christmas yeah. of old, um, <laughs> football memories, blah, blah, blah. Indeed. So tell us your football-related Christmas gifts, good or bad, um, and we will talk it through next week. You can tweet at Around the Funnel or email podcast at scarvesaroundthefunnel.co.uk. Um, apologies if there's been any um, slight uh, issues with the audio we are doing this via skype as we always do given that i am in scotland and mark is in the united states of america uh, usually it's fine but we've been having a few little um glitches so just if you have had any um bits kind of jumping out jumping in or out or being a bit fuzzy then apologies we'll kind of have a work on that we'll we'll get the it team on it uh, before next week. The IT team. No, eh? it's you, it's the scarves around the. <laughs> well, we're going to we're going to we're going to email our HR department to see if we yeah. can get contact for our IT department. Are we? Yeah. Come on, son. We've got twenty four hour support, surely. Uh... <laughs> Neil Warnock for Kilmarnock. How about that? Oh, you're going to throw that in there before I say bye. Um... Odd slash. Odd slash. Oh, you know don't. It was. It was. It was. It was bad enough going around in circles with this when it was hearts. I don't care about Kilmarnock. Come on. Anyway, we'll be back next week. Thank you for tuning in. And yeah, we won't wish you a Merry Christmas yet because we're going to speak to you again before the festivities begin. Johnson Clark who? Oh, piss off. <laughs> Harris! Getting to know you Getting to know all about you Getting to like you, getting to hope you like me. Getting to know you, putting it my way but nicely. 
You are precisely my cup of tea. Getting to know you, getting to feel free and easy. When I am with you, getting to know you.